What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a review. We're doing a giveaway when we hit 50 reviews. Um, I guess you don't have to give us five stars. We would appreciate it, though. <laughs> um, but, you know, this one's going to be a lot of fun. It's Combine Week, so, you know, next week's episode is going to be great. This week's weekend's live stream is going to be great just talking about all those numbers. But we still got a good episode in store. We had the press conferences today. We're going to start with that first, um, and then we'll get into a couple of questions from you guys. But, Joshua, let's just jump right into it. What do you think of John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta? They had their press conferences today. What What stood out to you? Um, what stood out to me was the question asked to John Harbaugh in regards if Lamar Jackson was in, you know, um, if he was part of the war room in regards to, you know, the new OC. And, you know, John Harbaugh, um, he he came off the womb uh, being politi- answering politi- politically <laughs> correct answers. You know, I mean, he just know how to handle He just know how, know how to handle it well, you know, when they were staying, saying um, pretty much, you know, with him doing all the interviews, it's hard to, you know, keep in contact with a player, especially a player that's focusing on football. Uh, in all reality, he focused on getting his chicken, in the words of Marshawn Lynch. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't – I don't know. To me, it sounds like, you know, Lamar really didn't have any input. Yeah, they may have talked, um, you know, very you know vigorously – uh, once the season was over for maybe about two or three days, but you know, they was really you know they they was they was they was pounding the pavement with finding this new OC. They knew that this new OC was going to play was going to play into you know the betterment and improvement to this offense, and also you know for possibly the next QB's future, hopefully Lamar Jackson. Um, but you know. John Harbaugh, he just know how to answer those questions, you know, in a in a good way, and not give all the sauce. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that. I thought it was so funny how like Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta, the biggest thing that I kept hearing was like, "I've been texting Lamar." Yeah, like that's what they kept saying. Yeah, we've been in constant communication through text, um, and that's just kind of interesting. Where it's like, okay, that makes sense, but it's weird that they're saying it like that. Mm-hmm. like phrasing it in that way but it also shows like a good thing of like we know Lamar and Har- Lamar and Harbs are close we know uh Lamar has you know great respect for Eric DaCosta and he talked about mm-hmm. that whole contract situation and it you know it wasn't anything drastic or whatever and Eric DaCosta was like yeah there are some challenges with it but at the same time uh, you know we're expecting to keep Lamar here we're expecting to get a deal done um and so, and he also, Eric DeCosta also mentioned, it was like, you know, we got like six plans, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like, it's not like Lamar or nothing. It's like, okay, we're going after Lamar for an extension. Don't get the extension franchise tag. We can't do the franchise tag. Then we're going to trade him. You know, if we have to trade him, who are we trading him to? Okay. What are the picks going to become that we trade him to? Do we draft him this year? That night. It's all planned out, guys. Yeah. The Ravens are not just going into this, you know, like <laughs> Browns, um, and just have no idea what's going on and then just going to completely whiff and mess up because of one small situation. But in with regards to the offensive coordinator, you know, Joshua, that you brought up, I thought it was also interesting how they were like – Harbaugh brought up he never really got a chance to break down George's film with Todd Munkin mm. and like sit in that room with him. And I thought that was really interesting where it's like – Okay, you're hiring somebody for a job. Like, like 
I'm sure most of the people watching here, if you haven't, it's totally fine. Most of the people watching, listening, they've, they've been to a job interview, right? Yeah. Every time I've ever been in a job interview, I've been in a fair amount of job interviews. Yeah. They're like, hey, see this on your recent experience. Recent experience. Can you take me through what your day was like? Can you take me through what you were doing? You know, what are some things that you showed there? I, I would assume that interviewing an offensive coordinator, you're like, hey, you were just at Georgia. You know, how was how was it game planning for them? Because you can see, you know, most of the time when you're getting hired, unless you're doing like a portfolio job, you know, that you require paperwork. Like they're not going in and being like, man, when he was, you know, I, I before my current job, I was I was stocking shelves at Costco. They weren't going like, man, I checked out them shelves, man. That wasn't very good. No, they're not doing that. But if you go in and you go for like a photography job, they're going to be like, okay, show us your work. They're going to show them your photos. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. Why why did you choose to do this? They're going to point things out. I feel like you'd be like, hey, you just won two national championships. Let's watch national championship game at least. Why'd you call this play? Like what, you know, what were you thinking here? You know, you're up, you know, at one point it was 10 to seven in that game. It was a very close game at, at one point. And it was like, you know, why, why were you going with this play? You know, one of the big plays that broke the game open, I think was a Stetson Bennett read option. Hey, what in that situation was like, okay, we want to get Stetson's legs going. It's weird that they like didn't do that. Um, and again, I think that comes back to like that report that came out where it was like Todd Munkin's camp basically told the Ravens, like, you hire him or he's taking the Tampa job. And like, mm-hmm. it seemed like he kind of strong, like his camp kind of strong armed the Ravens into hiring him right away because the Ravens were like, we want to interview Eric Bianami. We want to interview Eric Bianami. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, right when Eric Bianami becomes available for interviewing, right after the Chiefs win, it was like, Ravens hired Todd Munkin. It was like, wait a minute, a day ago, it was like, Eric Bieniemy high on the list, and then it and then like no, literally it was Eric Bieniemy and Brian Johnson like back supposed to be back to back. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't interview any of them because yeah. you know uh, per reports like his camp was like we're gonna take this job unless you give us this job right now. And the Ravens did it, and you know so I'm not upset it. with the hiring process. I'm not upset that we hired him, but I just think that it's really weird. For a report for for him to say, you know, someone that's so politically correct and always, you know, given that answer of like, oh man, I don't want to give out too much information. For him to be like, yeah, we never broke down film. So, I mean, that shows you how much trust John Harbaugh has in his offensive coordinators because Harbaugh may not be super interested in that. Like he talked about how he talked ball with him mm-hmm. and you know, overall schematics, but not breaking down film was really interesting. He did say, though, not breaking down Georgia film. So I'm wondering, maybe he broke down Cleveland. Maybe they looked at Tampa Bay. I don't know. Um, I just thought that was really weird that that would come out. Um, I mean, you got, and we also got to think about, we also got to put in perspective, too. Even though it sounds like the, uh, Todd Monkins can't put him in a, put us kind of in a, in a baited, bait and switch type of situation. Uh, this is a recommendation from the Harbaugh family as well. So sometimes we all know yeah. uh, when you do go to college, it's not all about. Sometimes when you get your degree, it's not about uh, what you know; it's who you know. Once you graduate, and, you know you be surpassing that person that may have eighteen years of experience, and you could be right in 
right in their seat because you didn't did an internship, you didn't connected with who, who, whoever, whoever in higher up, um, yeah. anything of that nature. So you gotta, we do, definitely gotta put that in perspective. Um, and we also gotta think about it. Think about this too. John Harbaugh is not an X's and O's guy. So, like you said, man, it may not have been too much of a high, high priority on his list to see. Because me personally, as a as a head coach, if I'm bringing in a new OC and defensive coordinator, <coughs> excuse me, you all, um, I would be throwing all different types of situations. How would you adjust in game? You know, if we played this team, what would be our game plan, X, Y, Z? How would you prepare? If you had these type of players with this type of skills and this type of personnel, what would you do? Because, honestly, one of my main questions to the Todd Munkin is, what did you expect for your offense to do when you didn't have no big, big body wide receiver and all you had was tight ends? Did you really believe that you, Stetson Bennett and company, uh, was going to make the run that you all did? Because yeah. that's that's huge. That's huge. In college, just to uh, use your running back, um, a mid-tier Q- QB and some big body tight ends. I mean, granted, those big body tight ends, they play like Calvin Johnson and uh, <laughs> and other big body uh, wide receivers that, that's gone on and retired. But it was still amazing to see how you all, you know, still made you made yourselves relevant because we all know even in the NFL, any type of sports world, when you lose, when you lose certain pieces of your team, that was a core part of your offense or defense, it kind of hurts you in the, in the long run, but they took that and made it their strength and made, and made it to the, um, the natty. So I definitely would have asked questions like that to pick at someone's brain, just to see how they, how they operate and how they move. But it was, we got to be real. Munkin was a recommended uh, hire. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that they brought up was Todd Munkin's going to have, you know, some say in the draft process, right? You know, they're going to feel his input. And, you know, Joshua, you talked about, like, you're coming into a situation, you know, you don't know who your quarterback's going to be with the Ravens. You don't know who your wide receivers are going to be. You don't have a big body wide receiver. You know, you have two tight ends. We know you're familiar with that, but – you know, coming into that situation, I think let's transition into another kind of, you know, I guess segment. Jonathan Jones asked on, on YouTube, he said, at pick 22, being realistic, who are your top five prospects at that spot? Um, and then he also asked another part of the question. We may get to that a little bit later. But Joshua, you know, we know our offensive coordinator. We know yeah. kind of the situation. We know the cut players that have happened, you know, yeah. trade candidates, all of that. Do you have five guys? And it's okay if you don't have five guys right now. We'll have five guys by the end. Of, you know, when we get to draft night, we'll know here's our top five. Uh, when we're live during the draft, we are going to be saying here's our number one players on the board, which is funny enough. Back-to-back years, my number one player for the Ravens to draft was drafted by the Ravens, funny cool. enough. Uh, with Rashad Bateman and then Kyle Hamilton, so maybe my maybe my maybe I should just say someone like, yeah, we should get Will Anderson, and somehow he'll slide all the way to the Ravens. But Joshua, who who are some players that like you're looking at as okay, realistically they could be there, and I want them. Um, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, um, Cam Smith, possibly Kelly Ringo. Because 
Sanchez Sanchez is going. He's I feel like he's going off the board immediately. If he has a great combine day, I feel like he's the first corner off the board. And now for my last and for my last sleeper pick, Ravens family, do not get mad at me. I'm just saying what the Ravens might do. BJ Ojolari. Ojolari. Ooh. <laughs> interesting. I was not <laughs> expecting you to go with BJ Ojolari. Interesting. An edge rusher. Yeah, I, I like a lot of those guys. Um, I wouldn't say BJ's in my top five, but <laughs> he's not my. Yeah, he's yeah. He, that that last one is a Raven surprise pick. <laughs> I like the curveball, the curveball to throw in there. Um, here's the thing: I know my top two very clearly. Joey Porter Jr. one, Cam Smith two. Respect. After that. I got like six, seven guys that I'm like, okay, I want them. But like, you know, how badly do I want them? After those two, I'm going to say Jordan Addison at Mm -hmm. three. Okay. And you know what? I'm going back. Number three. Number three, Jordan. Number three, Jordan Addison. I just watched film on on a guy today, like more film on a guy today, and I'm like, mm-hmm. kind of coming around on him. Mm-hmm. I'll probably put him in number five. At four, I'll probably go with um, Clark Phillips. Actually, okay. yeah, I'll probably go with Clark Phillips. Um, at five, Quentin Johnston. Even though, like, like here's the thing. I don't think he's ready yet. Talk to me. Right. But also, like, I see, like, it's such a risky pick. Like, it, like Quentin Johnston is not a surefire thing. He's a major risk. But, like, my, my envisionment or my vision for – I don't know why I said envisionment. That's definitely a made-up word um, – is – Every Ravens fan complains, we drafted Hollywood. Why didn't we draft A.J. Brown? Mm-hmm. And what does A.J. Brown do? Quentin Johnson is not A.J. Brown. He doesn't play like A.J. Brown whatsoever. But we could use him similar to how the Titans and the uh, and the Eagles use A.J. Brown. Yeah. Because A.J. Brown is a rack monster. That's what he's good at, is rack. Crossers. That's what A.J. Brown did with Derrick Henry. And it was like the most deadly play in the NFL was play action. Derrick Henry up the middle, AJ Brown crosser. Yeah. Yeah. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson. They have a good run game. Quinton Johnson on crossers would be unbelievable for the NFL. He has problems. He has problems. needs to work, you know, a bit on his route running. You know, he needs to work. I feel like he doesn't catch the ball with his hands. I feel like he catches it with his body, waits for the ball to come to him. He does. He does. But his ability after the catch is so unique to where it's like, okay, pairing him with Lamar Jackson like could be really interesting, but he is a complete risk wild card um, type of prospect. I would draft it. Even if we draft it, even though I say like, I kind of want him, I would still be like, okay, we went with that. I almost feel the way I felt about Lamar Jackson coming out in the draft mm-hmm. where it's like, like, I wanted Lamar. And I remember when we drafted Lamar, and I was like, okay, 
Let's see if we can make this work. Mm-hmm. Because it was like Lamar was such a – it was so clear where it was like, okay, this guy could be so good. Yeah. But also Lamar coming out, it was also like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. He needs to develop. Yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, a little works. bit. Yeah. Quentin Johnson, I kind of see as, as that kind of player. Um, now, I don't think he'll be MVP in you know year and a half, but really interesting. I also like you know players that I also like. Zay Jones, um, yeah. you know, at 22, if he's available. I like Ringo um, for sure at 22, if he's available. That's probably it as in terms of like players that I'm really going after. But, you know, that, that are reasonable. You know, there's other players that I think will go a little bit earlier. So I'm not going to name them. But those are probably my top five, maybe six. I'll throw in a curveball of, like, I would really be interested in it um, if the Ravens wanted to do it. And just go out there and send it. <laughs> Michael Mayer. <laughs> Tight end. Yo. If you go for Michael Mayer, somebody's <laughs> got to get traded. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I think it Mark would Andrews be a, gotta go. a trademark <laughs> Andrews and draft Michael Mayer um, situation. Because that would save a lot of cap space. Um, that's like a super curveball. Is this stupid type of thing? We could talk about that closer to draft time. Uh, but I was just like, that would be kind of interesting. Because it's like the Ravens would use him. And they would know how to use him. And they could use likely out wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, okay, let's let's throw another curveball out there. How would you feel, scale of one to ten, ten being highly pissed, um, if we were to get B. John Robinson at twenty-two? So, Joshua, that's a fantastic segment right there. Because ah, we got a question bad. on Twitter. <laughs> this is a perfect segment right here, right here, boom. If taking B, this is from Barrett King. If taking B. John Robinson makes any sense at 22, we'd get a day one starting player on a rookie contract. JK's in a contract year. Health has been an issue. And Gus is a possible cap cut candidate. He's very hesitant. But is B. John Robinson too good to pass on at 22? Ravens family don't hate me. I'd take him. I don't hate you for saying that. But I feel like there is a team that's sitting at number one that needs a, that needs another dynamic player, and I don't know where the hell Philly is sitting at. But also, I know Gainswell. They're saying I know they're supposed to be saying Gainswell supposed to be um, supposed to be the starting running back for the upcoming season. But he will also be a great addition. How even if the rape, even if the Colts or Tennessee was to move away from yep. their pop, their uh, uh, feature backs. They, he will be, you know, e- efficient in those type of offenses. Um, I just don't feel like with the Ravens track record, the Ravens know how to get a running back. Yeah. I just feel like that would be a waste of a pick, especially if we don't find a way to get any more picks. So it's got a one attempt for me. I would be pretty pissed off because I'm not about to, I'm not about to put this offense on the back of, of a rookie running back. Um, I'm, if, if Lamar leaves, I'm expecting for us to tank to get Caleb Williams uh, next year. I'm just going to be honest. If we cannot get into the top five uh, for this upcoming draft and get C.J. Stroud, I'm, I'm, I need the Ravens to tank. Let Snoop start. Let Snoop start all 17 games. If he makes it, if he makes it through the whole 17 game season, and we get into the top 10, which is you know it's been a long time since we've been in the top 10, 
Um, let's go for Caleb. Let's go for Caleb. So if if we trade Lamar, <laughs> would you take Bijan? Because next year we would have to pay JK with a new quarterback. But that's more money. That's more money available. So no, I wouldn't take Bijan. I would. I would. I actually stock up on a run. I would stock up on a wide receiver still. Still go for a wide receiver. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think there's no chance. I mean, my initial thought was he's going to the Eagles 100%. I feel like he'd be perfect for the Eagles. He would. Um, Like Jalen Hurts and B. John Robinson would just be so it's hard to tackle. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. The Eagles are already hard enough to stop, like adding B. John Robinson with their weapons. Um, and their their defense is going to be significantly worse next year. They're losing a lot of assets. But Bijan Robinson is the truth. Um, there's very few sure. running backs that I'm a believer in taking in the first round. Um, Bijan is one of those guys. Jonathan Taylor was not one of those guys for me. Um, Clyde Edwards, Jonathan Taylor also, for people that get mad at me saying that, he didn't go in the first round, by the way. So don't get mad at me for saying that. Um, Najee Harris wasn't for me. Um, Saquon was. Mm-hmm. Zeke was. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey was. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the only guys in recent years that I can remember being like, oh, yeah. Like, I was like, do not take Josh Jacobs in the first round. Like, that would be a terrible pick. Don't take DeAndre Swift in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bijan, Bijan's the truth. Bijan's going to be legit. Um, and I feel like there's a situation where it could work. Would the Ravens do it? I don't think so. Um, but if. I feel like if the Ravens trade Lamar, Bijan could be likely because they could trade JK as well um, and just really send it and be like, okay, we're going to rebuild. Like, That's a hell of like a deal. Like a soft rebuild. <laughs> That's a hell of a deal. Me personally, if we're going to go for running back, I'm waiting till next year for uh, EJ Jr. You uh, know what? The Baltimore just... Ravens, fun fact, have never, never drafted a Stanford football player. They've never done it. Hey. EJ, that's my guy. Either it's EJ or Blake Corn. You know. Well, we would draft Michigan guy. We have a history of that. I do know we have drafted you know, some Michigan so, players before. Just saying. Yeah. Um. Because Marvin okay. Harrison Jr. is going to be off the board early next year. So yeah, that's that's a done deal. That's fair. <laughs> um. Kind of moving on. You know, just looking at this Ravens team going into the combine. Mm-hmm. Is there – I feel like we're in such a weird spot right now with the Baltimore Ravens because it's such up in – it's so up in the air yeah. of will they, won't they re-sign Lamar Jackson because it's like vastly different strategies. If the Ravens trade Lamar, they're not going after – they're not signing Rodgers, right? I mean, they could, but like they're not doing that. Like, right, right. So – if that happens, it's like just chaos of, okay, probably tank for a year or trade up and get a super young quarterback, which your offseason with a young quarterback is very different from a superstar. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for everything right now in the draft and in the combine and looking for speed? Or are you just like, hey, let's focus on the wide receivers, see their 40s and focus on the cornerbacks and the positions of real need? Or are you like, hey, we may be blowing it up this year. Let's look everywhere. So, okay. 
I mean, we'll officially find out March 7th what the hell is going on with, with Baltimore uh, and Lamar Jackson. Once we find out March on March 7th what exactly is going to go on, then we pretty much have a clear, clear cut idea of what we're going to do. Now, seeing that, you know, I am a Ravens fan, been a Ravens fan since 2000, I was about four or five years old. So, hey, let's go there. Um, the, the Ravens are going to do what they do best. If we lead, let Lamar Jackson walk, get, get draft picks, I feel like they will um, sure up the defense. So I feel like they will go for a more um, polished corner. Um, I feel like they will probably try to find a safety in the later rounds. I even think I even believe that they will even try to find a um, another edge rusher, just in case you know um, if this uh, if this will be Justin Houston's last year or JPP's last year, or gotta think about it this way too: if Lamar doesn't come back. We may not even see Justin Houston or JPP come back because you got to think about it. Those old guys hitched on the ride of this of this young phenom. And if this young phenom not here, Baltimore is not that more – it's not that, um oh, gosh, appealing. So we have to think about that as well. Even with Calais Campbell saying he wants to come back, he may say – if Lamar, if Lamar leaves – Calais may be trying to find a team that's a contender to be traded to, possibly. I'm just saying, if I'm a, I'm just thinking it in a perspective of an older athlete. Um, Bobby Wagner, the reason he moved to LA closer to home, but also thought the LA Rams was still a, a Super Bowl contender type of team. We saw what happened. Now they're releasing him. Now he may be finishing out his actual career in um, Seattle. You know, um, suck for him. But hey, that's that's how the business is. So um, if we was to let go of Lamar Jackson, if we was to package and package a J.K. Dobbins in the deal, um, I do feel like it would be a rebuild to the offense, and um, but they would add tools to that uh, defense, younger tools especially to um, help them out because then you have more money available to extend a contract for Patrick Queen. So, yeah. Here's the thing. I feel like there's a decent chance the Ravens draft a quarterback this year. I do that. Because Lamar may not have his extension. And I don't think it's a first round. But I think, like, you know, if Hall's sitting there in the fifth, if Hall's sitting there in the fourth, right, you know, if Hayner's sitting there, you know, you're a pick 200, maybe the Ravens pull the trigger on him. And it's like, not because they want to move on from Lamar, but I feel like they have to look at every spot because they could change everything. And, you know, you have Todd Munkin, and you're going to be able to say, like, okay, what kind of offense? Because it's always been, you know, last four years, it's been how do we build this around Lamar has been the thought. Now, was it done poorly? Absolutely. Greg Roman did a terrible job. But that was still the thought process, right? Getting an offensive lineman that can move and, you know, get out on the edge and protect if Lamar Jackson scrambles. Getting wide receivers that are able to make plays on their own. Um, trying to get tight ends that can really have a leap block. Get, like, you know, workhorse running backs. But now, Todd Munkin could come in and be like, hey, we're not resigning Lamar. All right, let's do this. Let's build my ideal NFL offense. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does that mean? Well, we need new offensive linemen, first off, because I don't want to run a zone running scheme. I want to run 
a gap scheme. I want to okay. run, you know, man on man to man scheme. I want to run stretch. I want to run outside, whatever it is. Maybe we need alignment. Maybe we need new tight ends. Maybe he wants wide receivers that are bigger, so we start scouting those wide receivers. Maybe he wants a running back that's a true pass catcher. Mm. You know, like like whatever it is. Oh, maybe we want a quarterback that's a pocket passer. Maybe he really likes Will Levis. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Will Levis, but yeah. maybe Munkin does. I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then on the defensive side of the ball, we only have one year of Mike McDonald. Maybe he goes, hey, we're losing Marcus Peters, our number two corner. This is what I want to do with the defense. Let's get a hybrid safety and throw him out at corner as well as safety. You know, we go for the man out of Alabama. Maybe maybe he's like, I want to really run a, a run-stuffing approach rather than this kind of pass-defending defense. And instead of going, you know, small at interior line on defense, we start going bigger, you know, bringing back the Brandon Williams-type players, whatever it is. The Ravens have new offensive coordinators. The Ravens have a coach that's not – I mean, he's involved in philosophy, but not scheme. So they're going to have a major say. And the organization is clearly going through a lot of change right now. So I feel like this could be a wild, wild combine. And just like they're going to be looking at everybody because they may draft. They could draft any position, and I wouldn't be surprised. They could draft offensive tackle. They could draft Stetson Bennett. They could draft quarterback. They yeah. could draft. Well, okay. Here's the thing: they're not drafting one position. They're not drafting a kicker. If they draft a kicker, then we got real problems on our hands. They may draft a punter. I wouldn't be that surprised if they draft a punter. Like I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be like ruling it out. They could draft every position outside a kicker right now, and you know, it's crazy. This rookie class is going to be. I'm not going to say dynamic, but this rookie class that's coming up, it's going to be it's going to be free smoke every day, all day, because they literally could come in, take someone's job, or be that developmental guy for the future. That's the crazy thing about it. I mean, it, it is so intriguing how it really comes down to one player, player's decision, because it's, it's the same thing going on in Green Bay right now. Like yeah. Aaron Rodgers came out of the came out of the darkness, and he still has not said anything about what he wants to do in regards to his football football career. And Green Bay, you know, they talk they're talking a good game, but I think they know, and I think Aaron Rodgers know that their that their um, that their love ship has uh, reached its reached its course, um, and it's going to be interesting to see who. Uh, Aaron Rodgers go to because that may plays a lot to what we may do too with Lamar Jackson if we had a franchise tag him and tr- uh, possibly trade him. So um, it's a lot of things that has to play in a factor. But you know, like you said, man, um, it could be, it could be a possible blow up. We are going in a new direction. I wish we were going in a new direction earlier in Lamar's career versus the later back end of his career because this you know this kind of puts him in a tough um, situation. And it puts the organization in a tough situation. Um, but, you know, I'm not about to say an EDC we trust. I'm just hoping that these men <laughs> can come to some type of, you know, um, respectable agreement, respectable decision, and, you know, 
do what's best for this Ravens organization and put us in a winning position. But if not, uh, winning this upcoming season, hopefully we can build to be that dynasty that we've been solely trying to reach for. Because after that um, that Super Bowl run, we've been average, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. Even when Lamar came, even and I know I might, I might get crucified for this, even though Lamar, yes, won the MVP in 2019, they t- the Pee Wee offense took the uh, NFL by storm. We still have been average because he reached he reached a plateau with that offense, and it never went any further. We saw it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm curious what you know the TTB family kind of thinks about the combine, thinks about the way this roster is going, the way that the offseason is going. You know, everybody, let us know in the comment section down below your thoughts. Um, if you're if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate. Um, a review. It does five stars. Like just, just put five stars. <laughs> everybody, matter of fact, everybody that's that be on YouTube, that like, be on the live stream, just hurry up and go to the Apple Podcast. I know y'all want that free give. I know y'all want that giveaway. Give us the fifty. <laughs> give us the fifty. Shameless plug. I'm, I'm here to say it. All y'all no. help help us out. So help us out. Help yeah. us out. Help you out. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for watching. Subscribe for Dylan Raymond's content. We'll see all of you again next time.